0: hello everyone again welcome to OT ladies i'm sarah
1: hi everyone this is denna welcome to OT lady talk um I hope everyone's doing well and stay tuned. Um and here to hear our another episode for tonight. Uh, we are with a guest speaker tonight, um, Patrice Udo. She is the student um, from St. Augustine University and she's doing her last field work. Welcome!
2: Um, Patrice, hi Patrice! Thank you. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> Hey okay. so what's going
1: on Patrice How are you?
2: I'm good I'm Patrice I am a graduate student at the University of St. Augustine for health Science the Miami campus and I am so glad to be in my last fieldwork rotation before graduation in April and I'm excited. Awesome. Oh oh it's great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. We're
1: so happy to have you tonight and um, um, tonight we're going to talk about a very interesting topic uh, for OTs which is called self-care for clinicians and therapists or in other words, got sanity.
0: <laughs> Ooh, just it. it's yeah. just a good topic because I feel yeah. like you know we do so much self-care for all of our for patients, people, clients. We need to do it for ourselves. Yes, we got to practice what we <laughs> preach. So. Exactly.
1: So basically, this is um, the self-care for um, clinicians or therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists, um, any um, clinicians out there, not only therapists, also but also nurses, physicians, whomever um, is uh, dealing with the patient care, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I was just like looking um, to find about uh, what does exactly mental health mean. Just just a simple definition to it, and then um, I come up with uh, uh, came across with this definition. They say according to the World Health Organization, mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his um, or her own ability, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. So, that being said, I would like us to discuss um, what does exactly mental health mean to a clinician when it comes to his or her own life? So, Patrick, um, tell me a little bit about your, um, I know you work as a student. Do you have, do you work or what kind of a,
2: a job do you have at this point? Or are you just studying full time? Yeah, so my main job right now is being a fieldwork student that requires the majority of my time, my days usually run from about nine o'clock to five o'clock Monday through Friday Mm -hmm. but being that I am a fieldwork student it's not paid so I get absolutely no money I'm doing Mm -hmm. this for free so you have to factor in that I do have to commute I have to eat I have to put gas in my car so I have a job that I usually do after hours or on the weekends to Mm -hmm. try to you know, maintain some type of cash flow so that I can live a somewhat normal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of course, we've all been there. <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, sounds like you have a very um, occupied busy schedule.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, very much so. Um, what do you do for your, your side job? Um, I'm a residential counselor in oh. a group
2: home, and I also um, am getting my own business off the ground making wigs. Oh awesome. my gosh.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you have a little bit of a mental health background, sounds like. I Is that do. something you're interested in?
2: <laughs> yes, especially for um, young young teenage teenage girls, I feel like mental health is very, very important. Uh No matter what career field you're in, mental health, self-care is always something that should take first place priority over anything. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
1: That's great. So, um, uh, Patrice, how much of a schooling did you do for mental health? Like, what was your experience of your field work.
2: Um, I actually had a field work placement for six weeks in a mental health facility. So I went to a it's called like a skilled nursing, but for patients who have dementia
0: oh. and
2: Alzheimer's. So I interned there for six weeks as part of my grad school program, and that was pretty challenging. Mm-hmm.
1: That is very interesting. So that's great. So um, that being said, you it sounds like you have a pretty occupied busy schedule. So what do you think self-care means to you um, at the end of the day when you go home? I'm sure you do have your personal life, you're, you know, taking time to yourself. So what do you um, how do you explain self-care as a student? Um, to yeah. me,
2: I would say self-care is just all about finding things that you enjoy. What makes you happy?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: At the end of the day, I'm, you know, working, I'm doing um, occupational therapist. I'm, you know, working, running up and down in the clinic. So self-care to me is just something that I find enjoyable that helps me relax. And things that I like to do is making wigs. Even though I turned it into a business, I enjoy making wigs because it's relaxing. It's almost like knitting, just Aww. it's relaxing Aww. to just stitch i also enjoy watching movies and sometimes i even enjoy doing nothing doing nothing right. to me, absolutely
0: understated the the idea of doing nothing in terms of <laughs> relaxation that's just yes, as important as necessary. doing is not having doing.
2: <laughs> nothing to do just laying down watching tv doing nothing is self-care for me
0: absolutely
1: that's awesome. I, I, we should actually put that doing nothing in part of the self care for all yeah. the um, so that's That would be very, very helpful for the, you know, a balance of um, work and leisure and rest and play.
0: Kind of like tying yeah. that into, you know, OT and your background, do you feel like some of the way, you know, you've learned to manage your own self-care, you've learned from school, or is that kind of just, you know, things that you've learned over the years that maybe have led you to be an OT, kind of that natural way of doing things? I
2: feel like it's just came natural. Because when you're in school, they more so teach you, you know, go out and find leisure activities, do hobbies <laughs> that you like. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's great. You know, sometimes maybe just beauty. Maybe I just want to wash my hair and braid it today. Or maybe I want to mm-hmm. just paint my nails. But I've learned that sometimes doing nothing drives my energy to increase because I'm well rested the next yeah. day
1: exactly um that that's that totally makes sense and have you ever had a day that you find you found yourself that you weren't being able to do the self-care and how did you feel after afterwards like the next day when i was able to do self-care yes
2: the next day i feel fantastic it's like when you've been on vacation for a week or so when you like have a day to just self care, do whatever it is that you want to do, don't have to worry about schoolwork, homework, field work. The next day I feel rejuvenated and I feel ready for the week. Awesome.
1: What about a day that you you didn't do any self care? How about let's say you've been super busy with other things that you even didn't do your hobby? Mm -hmm. have you ever did that happen to you or yes and
2: more times than not especially being a student in Mm -hmm. field work um, my biggest burden is making sure that I'm doing everything right Mm -hmm. and I understand that you know I'm a student and it's a learning process and of course I'm not going to be perfect the therapists I'm working with have been doing this for years but it's also an internal reflection of myself that I have to go above and beyond to make sure that I'm doing a good job so sometimes I don't get to do self-care and for days after I'm tired I'm fatigued My energy level is really, really low and it can affect the way my personality might come off, you know, like Mm -hmm. it might seem like I'm not a happy person, but it's just I'm just tired. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. And then um, I know that you work with uh, kind of like a mental health um, individuals or people who are suffering from those issues, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you
1: ever give them um, any advice or or how do you, how do you make sure that your clients are taking care of themselves? Do you ever?
2: Yes. Um, my biggest advice that I tell my girls is take every day, day by day, look at the situation you're in, take it for what it is and know that tomorrow is a better day. If you're able to see tomorrow, that means you were able to live one more day. So it gets better if you feel like you're just at the lowest, and I tell them this all the time, when you feel like you're just at the lowest that things can't get any worse, that only means things get better. So it gives them something to look forward to.
1: That's awesome. That's great. That's great advice. That's awesome, thanks Patrice. So Sarah, what about you? Um, what do you think um, keeping the sanity mean to you as an occupational therapist?
0: Keeping the uh, what? Sorry, I mis misheard you. Of of like just keeping the mental health. Okay, the mental health, like oh, sanity. Okay, so basically, I feel like uh, balance you know, of, of activities, and, and to kind of give you a shout-out, Patrice, uh, when you're a student, it's really hard to have balance because you're not getting paid. You're having to pay for what you do,
2: <laughs> and <laughs> your your
0: resources, you know, you're spread, and you're trying to just, you know, absorb everything like a sponge but then evolve to critical thinking, so it's tricky. But I think now that, you know, I'm working and, and have a good flow and, and now have experience where I am, it, it becomes a little bit easier to say, okay, I'm done with work. I'm home now. This is what I'm doing at home. So for me, I have a pretty good balance of, you know, some extracurriculars. I'm very physically active. I love weightlifting, as you know, Dana. Um, I'm also good with, like, spreading my errands out. I like to have, like, a day of rest where I don't go anywhere, if possible, which is so hard to do. But I do like (laughs) to have one day of just, like, I'm home. Whether it's I'm doing stuff around the house, okay. But I do think that there is something to be said about doing nothing because that is restorative when you're just go 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 in your life um but i'm a big believer in mindfulness um i love spa days i like that kind of thing Ooh. um that's yeah awesome. yeah awesome. no
1: that's amazing that's great um we definitely need to add do nothing yeah spa- <laughs> You know, self. It makes hobby. sense. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: <laughs> it's true. So,
2: like, think about it. Even if you weren't doing your hobbies, or like you're going to the gym is your hobby, after that you're still tired. Yeah, oh, I want to yeah. lay
0: down,
1: <laughs> do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. That's 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 funny. Um, I was reading about um self-care or just uh, what self-care means to some of the clinicians as a therapist. Um depends on it was interesting that um depends on where you work sometimes mm-hmm. self care means um kind of like a different to clinician this kind of a article that i was reading um it was just like in something in the internet i found um it was about all the people who do te- uh, clinicians who do ther- teletherapy or you know using the computer system to uh see their clients mm-hmm. So basically, it was talking about what you can do to um, do your self-care during the day. Because people who do teletherapy um, or telehealth, they're usually sitting um, on a computer for hours and hours. So... It was just giving us like a few um, good points that I want to share with um, everybody here, and one was like you know when you have those you know I watch that it gives you um, like an announce it announce that it's time to stand up. I don't know if you guys
0: have those watches or not. Oh, so, yeah, watches. like a f- Apple Fitbit. I have Fitbit. Yeah.
1: So basically it was saying after like a 30 minutes, make sure you stand up, walk around and then just walk a few steps and get back to your computer
0: mm-hmm.
1: or um, make sure like to keep your sanity, make sure you always have like a start time to work and then tell yourself, okay, this is like an end time that I'm not going to work mm-hmm. and finish time or um, make sure during the day you have like a five minutes when you're working on computer, like you have like a five or 10 minutes, Um, just take a break, go and check your phone, maybe take a glass of water and then get back to work. So it was just like interesting how um, self-care kind of means to um, people who work, you know, on the computer all the time or the clinicians who use the telehealth,
2: yeah. Yeah, I actually really like this topic too because A lot of times as clinicians, our main purpose is to serve others Mm -hmm. and other people feel whole. We always forget about ourselves because we're people, too.
0: Absolutely. And we can't keep giving to other people if we don't have something to give. You know we're out of energy and 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 that you know and it's to okay
2: give. to feel that way. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: exactly,
1: exactly. And then again, if you take a look at different um, levels of OTs, or like from the student to OT, num- like feel like and then. Senior levels or management, leadership. I guess every level you 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 are still keeping the sanity. I would just say gut sanity, you know, or maintaining the self care is very essential because that will impact how you feel towards your patients, towards your clients. Yeah. And- mm-hmm. And then um, if you are on the low side of the energy, um, your patient definitely feels the vibe. And um, I will, I definitely, there would be some poor results of, you know, the patient care. Mm -hmm. I love that. So what do you guys think?
2: I agree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine
2: if you were going to see your doctor or your therapist and they gave off a vibe that they didn't want to be there? You can feel that in your treatment, and they're oh, not yeah.
0: satisfied. And I hate to say it, but I think we've all had experiences of some kind of physician or you know nurse assistant, somebody that we've interacted with in the healthcare system, or really in any job in life. Where you can tell that person does not want to be there. You know, it's apparent. You know, whether it's you know you're at a checkout or you know you're getting a, a provided healthcare service, it does show. So exactly.
1: Have you girls, um either Patrice or Sarah, have you guys had any scenarios in uh, at your work or um, mm-hmm. during the student, you know, the working hours? Have you ever had those scenarios? Uh, yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Anybody wants to share any experience?
2: Um, I can share. It There's definitely been a couple of times where I went to go see a physician And I don't feel like they put quality of patient care as number one. It was almost like they didn't even care to figure out why I was there or what my symptoms were. They just cut me off and assumed that they knew what was going on with me without me even giving them the chance to tell them I don't know if you know they had too many patients on their caseload that day or Mm -hmm. you know I don't know yeah and I try to always um understanding maybe they're just having a bad day maybe you know maybe the office is busy but that shouldn't be my issue if I'm coming in as a patient and a lot of times I've experienced that
0: and I know plenty of other people have too Mm -hmm. I agree with that I, I, my biggest thing when I go into a doctor's office and I sit down, you know, with the doctor, they come in, and they immediately, you you have this sense that they didn't even read your chart. From that point, right there, I'm like, okay, you're, you're not the best physician, or either that or you're having a bad day. But the little things like, oh, I see you have this, you know, how's, how are you doing? Or is something to do with, okay, you made the effort, whether it was 30 seconds or longer, if you know more in depth, but just that they looked, instead of that look on their face when they walk in, open that door, and they're just like, oh, you, know, you, you could be anybody, and they wouldn't think anything of it, so... Exactly,
1: exactly. I'm sure everybody has the same experience. Um, Well, um, same thing. I mean, not only the physicians, let's say um, you just uh, need to see, um, I don't know, hopefully not, but like a physical therapist or another OT, maybe for a broken ankle or fingers or something, and then that therapist is um, on a very low side of an energy and exhausted Mm -hmm. and um, not being very... um, you know, energized to work with you, you can really feel it. And um, it kind of like give you a very bad experience of seeing the clinician. Exactly.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. So do
0: you feel like, what about you, Denna, with school? Do you feel like in terms of mental health, like that was kind of a focus in general? Not necessarily Mm -hmm. just for yourself, but for treatment? Or do you think that was kind of not a priority? of your education?
1: You know, I guess mental health was very interesting to me during my field work. I have not worked um, with adults after graduation, but my field work was with uh, mental health and adults. And um, it was very interesting. Um, Obviously, I did my uh, mental health field work as an undergrad OT student in um, uh, Iran, Mm -hmm. in Tehran. And... So um, it, was, it was very interesting because it was hard for me to see them, how they, you know, you treat. But then basically it was a part of OT that wasn't really taken into consideration very much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt it, there is something lacking there that needs to really work on it and, and make sure um, either using a good model to evaluate or to um, treat patients. So basically, my experience of mental health was um, a little kind of like horrifying or (laughs) scary. (laughs) It was all the cells, individual cells that people are getting either shocks or um, they were kind of it it wasn't I I don't know how it is here. But for me, it was more um, either they were people sitting around like a table, all of them and then doing some sort of arts and crafts. And as an OT, we were supposed to evaluate their, um, kind of like their, their arts and their paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a very, um, very thorough experience from the field work, working with those population. and um, did that answer the question, Sarah, or...? Yeah,
0: no, it did. It's, it's interesting to kind of see your experiences that are different. And I think it depends on your program, definitely the region, they but, are part yeah. of the world you're from. You know, is there, if there is any, you know, stigmas for mental health, definitely would be an issue, too. I think uh, yeah. I went to San Jose State University and they're pretty strong in mental health. I think that's one of their their strengths in fact. And so much so they just recently created an advanced certificate in mindfulness which oh, wow. is yeah, you could you could apply basically to to take this this class about and this weekend retreat regarding mindfulness and different techniques yeah, right. and and different methods and you know based in evidence-based research throughout the world you know eastern medicine and you know different things like that too and then uh, apply that not only to your practice but yourself so I hope to get that at some point maybe next year on the list at some point of so you have to apply for it and uh, it's a really great program
1: Michelle
0: McLaughlin, I believe, created it.
1: Wow, that is amazing. How about you, Patrice? Um, What was your experience? I guess you answered it briefly
2: um, about your fieldwork experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my experience, honestly, I think, It was good. It was a little bit scary and a little bit challenging because the facility that I um, was was not only specific to dementia. It was, you know, just elderly. So there's Parkinson's there, um, Alzheimer's, which is a form of dementia, and just any type of cognitive impairment. So the facility had... Four different blocks, I would call them. It was one big facility, but it was divided into four different categories, level one, two, three, and four. So level one was the more aggressive patients, like the patients that will you know maybe reach out and grab you or touch you or throw their food just really really aggressive and then all the way down to level four which were the elderly that kind of were in their last few days like they didn't Mm -hmm. really know where they were they were at the total baby stage like they had to be fed pureed food they were oh. nonverbal. so it, it was interesting to see the different stages and during my time I made sure to spend time in each stage just to see the differences so I thought that was pretty cool because as you age you yeah. age um how do I explain it backwards so the things you learn first are the last things to go so it okay. was interesting to see that transpire in the older adult population interesting and that to me was very hard because it affected my mental health because I'm very empathetic I I have feelings and it was just sad to see or like sometimes they would talk about you know their husbands or spouses or children that may have passed away that are no longer there but due to their mental health conditions they think this person is going to come visit me today and they're not Mm. so that's that's sad for me to just be around that all day long. So I had to take time to myself to remember, you know, Patrice, don't get too close, don't get too comfortable, just listen and, you know, not give them a, don't tell them a like, don't tell them, yeah, so they're coming, but you know, be as realistic as possible, but use my therapeutic use of self to understand how they might be feeling because they're still humans at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: Thank you for sharing awesome. that. Yeah, very thorough explanation. Thanks Patrice. That was yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, um I don't know why mental health is not a very strong um kind of like a field field work, you can say for so many like students out there. Well, I'm not going to name a name of a in the name of a, a school, but um I had a little bit of experience of teaching uh, for um, for OTs and um, for OT assistant program, and I felt um, a lot of students, they weren't happy to just go to the fieldwork for mental health. I think
2: because that type of fieldwork, a mental health fieldwork, I think it takes a lot of patience and confidence, and you kinda have to be a skilled clinician too because for O T you have to administer, you know, the the Allen's cognitive testing. There's different mm-hmm. assessments that you have to be able to administer and I feel as a student you might not be at that level yet.
0: Oh, and okay. I think, too, it's a combination of, you know, OT is so broad. We can be in schools. We can be in hospitals. We can be in, in home health, in mental health. And whether it's, you know, school-based or it's, uh, you know, a lockdown facility, there's so many different places. And I think we all kind of go in with this is what we want. And sometimes people change. But, like, I knew what I wanted from the beginning. I was one of those people that I'm like, I want to be an inpatient sure, I did the mental health rotation, I did all this other yeah. stuff, but sure enough, I'm I'm an inpatient, and that's where I really am happy. So some people find that they do switch, like they don't want to do peds, and then they do peds, or they're like, yeah. oh, I want to do peds, and then they start doing it, and then they're out. So everyone kind of has their own story, but I feel like for example, there was a couple of people in my program that wanted mental health. They're like, I want to do lockdown psychiatric facility. That's what I want to do. And actually, one of those people is, is at one. Pretty local to me. So some people do have that drive. And it's, it's hard because they want to expose you to everything. You know, as, as a clinician, you need to do mental health. You need to do physical disabilities. And sometimes your job, you might get to do a little bit of both. I kind of feel like I get to at my job where, I, yeah, I don't bill for mental health, but so many things people are going through, you wind up just using that therapeutic use of self. But it's hard because, you know, when you're forced into doing a rotation that maybe you're not comfortable with, some people aren't comfortable with it. And that, that can be tricky, but it's exactly. part of the learning exactly. process. Yeah.
1: No, I, I agree with you, Sarah, because, um, we all use, um, uh, part of the, our therapy is, you know, it's, it's holistic, it's like mind, body, um, spirituality, you know, all, like we consider every aspect of a client, mm-hmm. um, and we always give them, you know, we always use the coping uh, ways, coping strategies, not only in our patients, but also in our personal life, mm-hmm. I'm sure, as an OTs we apply some of those, you know, techniques um, in our personal life, so, um, one thing that I always remember about mental health is, to me, I felt mental health, all they do is just doing arts. Okay, you, I want you girls, like, just correct <laughs> me. Um, all, I remember, all I remember from my fieldwork work is doing, um, having a group of um, <clears throat> clients doing some arts and crafts and painting, and then drawing, and based on their drawing, you have to evaluate um, their mental status. Is it something that Um, otc well i'm very i'm not i don't have any experience in mental health that's okay (laughs) that's fair i mean i
2: i think that's a fair question and me still being a student i feel like i might have a really good answer for this because i'm still going through the process (laughs) mental health was all group therapy (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: everything was group therapy and the Biggest thing, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, it's called the Kawa model. Have, are yep, you familiar I with am. the Kawa model I and am. the riverbed? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing for mental health. So within the group, they would have them, um, the clients draw pictures or, you know, draw things along their, their riverbed, the, the sticks that hold them up or what's holding them back from mm-hmm. their river flowing. And it's still very big. So I think, Dina, you have a very valid point.
0: I think that, too, when you look back on the history of OT, so maybe, Patrice, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're there right now, and you probably just had these courses. But when we started in 1917, you started in mental health, and that's what it looked like in the beginning. You know, we started with arts and basket weaving and, you know, all of that (laughs) stuff, and we translated you know, meaningful activity to improve mental status for, for soldiers. And now, you know, we've grown, you went to the 1950s, we went through the medical model, and then we've kind of come out from that. Where, yeah, we have a, we have a foot in the mental, or the right. the medical model, but we have this own model that's completely OT and rs and not really anyone else understands it by us, which is a constant battle. But, you know, it is a little bit of that holistic, a little bit of everything kind of approach. So yeah, we do do crafts, but when we're doing crafts, just like when OTs are doing any activity, we're evaluating a lot of different things at once. You know, they're not just sitting there doing, you know, this, like, you know, I might not be working with crafts with individuals, but I'm looking at their balance, I'm looking at their fine motor, I'm looking at you know how something makes them feel. Are they engaged in this? Is this a goal that they want or do we need to cut this goal? You know we're looking at the psychosocial and the cognitive and yeah. so many things. So I think that sometimes when we see, oh, that's a that's a craft, that's an activity, mm-hmm. that's kind of how other people, other than OTs, view OTs. Like, oh, what are they doing? They're just playing with the kids on the floor of a game. That seems easy. How did they go to school for that? But we're doing mm-hmm. something when we're, you know, working with a pediatric pl- patient playing oh, on sure, the floor. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. But I can see how it, it can look like that, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was great. I know our, um, we have a very interesting topic. And in, um, one more thing I want to ask, Patrice, I know this is something that we can maybe in a future emphasis to talk about that. But Patrice, do you, um, you want to have any comments on um, OTs in, um, in other countries, um, like besides the United States? Like how, like any experience? um
2: no that's one thing that i'm looking into doing because i do want to pursue my otd and i want to do case studies on ot in different countries because i'm nigerian and i know (laughs) in nigeria there is no ot So oftentimes, if someone is injured or hurt or has something, you know, medically related, if you have the means to, they usually fly out to either America, London, or Dubai for treatment. That's interesting. So part of the reason why I do want to look into getting my OTD is to build a rehabilitation center in my home country. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's a it's a dream that's so far away that I feel
0: like I. <laughs> you will get there, you. girl. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Thank you, everybody. Um, and then too, at one point, I-, I don't know if you know anything about this, but at uh, it- your school, there's a PT-OT combo degree where you're yeah. actually both. Yeah, do you I- have anything I- to say I- about I- that? <laughs>
2: I've heard about that. Okay, but I. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. One, I don't want to do schooling for that long. Yeah. Two, I feel like PT and OT are two separate lanes.
0: I know. If
2: you want to do OT, that's great. If you want to do PT, that's great. But that's kind of like saying I want to be a nurse and an OT at the same time. You can't do both. You have
0: to choose one. Choose one. Yes, yes. I don't know. You have to find a student from that program for us and get back to us because I'd like to pick their brain about some things. <laughs> it seems okay. really interesting.
1: Okay. All right. I'd like to know about that. Well, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for
2: having me.
0: Yeah, of you're course. It's great. Uh,
1: that was a great um, topic. Thank you so much, ladies. And I want to finish our podcast tonight with the quote um, for Mandy Hale that Oh, before I say that, um, I just want to remember, uh, remind us that loving ourselves is kind of a self care. So, course. that being said, um, Mandy Hill says it's not selfish to love yourself, take care of yourself, and to make your happiness a priority. It's necessary. I love that, ladies.
0: Oh, that's good. Beautiful. Beautifully said.
1: We need to love ourselves no matter what. And then reminding ourselves that we are awesome and we always need to remember doing the self-care
0: yeah i agree (laughs) awesome well thank you everyone for our podcast listeners for joining us today and we'll see you next time thank you again ladies thank you bye-bye bye Bye. Thanks, thanks ladies have a good night bye